Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples. Episode number 30. Episode number 30, Dirty 30. It is a horror podcast. Drop your trick-or-treat bag every week. Yep. Not, not just some weeks. Not lately. <laughs> Sometimes every other week. Sometimes every other week. Sometimes once a week. We do it as much as we can. I don't know. I'm not changing the slogan. Yeah. <laughs> no. And that's right. Today, we have a Bladed Apples first. We actually have our very first interview. Yes. Very exciting. Yes. Uh, we are interviewing Kevin Von Esper. Uh, he is a musician. Uh, he is a videographer. He is a producer, a photographer, and he is working on a documentary called Dookie Fly Swatter. The Slimes uh, and Crimes. Yeah, Dookie the, the Life of Slimes. Yes. The uh, Life and Slimes of Dookie Fly Swatter and the Haunted Garage. Um, Looks great. Yes, Dookie Fly Swatter, who's a bit of a cult figure. Uh, even in the horror punk uh, scene, it seems like that. We didn't know too much about him. Yeah. But uh, he was, he's the leader of the band Haunted Garage. He's, the, uh, he's written many horror films acted in many horror films uh and kevin is going to uh let us in on his project and working on it and uh about the different things that went into it uh the documentary has extensive interviews with a lot of people a lot of uh uh people from Lloyd kaufman to bill mosley to michelle uh bauer to brink stevens to Dookie Flyswater itself. So, The Life of Slimes, The Dookie Flyswater, and The Haunted Garage. That's the name of the documentary. Um, and we'll talk more about that as, as well as their um, Indiegogo. Yep. Check it where, out where at DookieDoc.com. DookieDoc.com. But all that a little bit later on the show, along with uh, another entry into Blaze's Cabin of Video Game Curiosities. Yep. Uh, but first, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I've been a nervous wreck all week. <laughs> well, well, first we would say I'm Rocky. I'm Blake. Yeah, we can say your names. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long day. Uh, yes, uh, you've been nervous wreck all day. Yes, I have been. I've been very nervous about this interview, and I'm like, I'm gonna fuck this up. I'm gonna fuck. You've it been up. pretty stressed out. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's all fine. You almost saw me have a full blown panic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We we actually recorded the interview ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just to make sure that everything went well and everything, and now we're recording this after it. So it's been it, we've already been talking for a while. So we're we're reeling everything back in a little bit, and we want to do the pre-show. So sorry if we we ruined the behind the scenes of everything going on here, guys. Yeah, but. sorry your little dreams are crushed. <laughs> yes, but uh, spoiler alert: Kevin was a great interview. Awesome guy. Um, we were a little nervous because it's our first interview. Everything went well. Um. Uh, I'll have some sound editing to do. I'm yeah, do sure. some sound editing, everything else. But um, it's exciting. Um, yeah. So what's been going on with you this week? Other than you being stressed out. That's almost it. Like, <laughs> I've pretty much just been worrying about it all week. And uh, I'm so relieved that uh, it worked. Because <laughs> yeah. that was a, an issue I was wor- working on that whole week. Um, other than that, I did watch... Very interesting series lately that uh, relates to horror, I suppose, in the real sense. Okay. Uh, they made a uh, another series off the Ted Bundy tapes. Okay. Called the John Wayne Gacy tapes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that I was just talking to. That shit a f- is good. I was literally 
talking about that to somebody on text, like not even six minutes ago. Really? <laughs> We're still recording. Yes, dude. Like I, um, I have, I haven't started watching yet. She was telling you know me to me, check it out. I, I definitely like pride myself on having a, a good knowledge of that. Yeah, kind of right. Stuff. And there was some shit in there. I'm like, you're fucking kidding. Like, yeah, that right. can't be true. This is the best kind of documentary, though. Yeah, no, it was really good. Speaking so. speaking of horror and Netflix, uh, they lost two hundred thousand subscribers. What? Why? <laughs> you didn't hear about that? No. Because fuck Netflix. Why not? <laughs> they, they they were they had a whole thing where they were projecting that they were gonna make they were gonna get two million more people, or they're gonna bump up like two million two hundred twenty five thousand like subscribers or some shit like that. I don't know. Um, and instead, it went the complete opposite way, and they lost two hundred thousand subscribers. <laughs> so the way they figured out to uh, they figured out the way to fix it is that they're going to start cracking down on um, profile sharing and all that. No, <laughs> all my shit's borrowed. <laughs> I mean, it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, they say they're going to do that, which I think is just going to lose them more. I think the biggest thing is, though, that Netflix, I mean, the competition is so strong right now, right? Oh, yeah. It used to just be them. It used to just be them. But now everybody has their own streaming service and they all own their own movies stuff. Yeah. So, like, Netflix isn't getting WB's catalog. That's going to HBO Max. They aren't getting Paramount's catalog. That's going to Paramount Plus. They aren't getting the Disney stuff and they aren't getting the... Uh, Fox stuff now because that goes to Hulu and Disney Plus. They're not getting so Marvel the, anymore. The only thing that they're putting out is uh, their own content, and a bunch of their shows kind of fucking suck. <laughs> yeah, uh, they put out a lot of shows. Most of them aren't very good, and a lot of their original movies. I mean, they put out some Academy Award nominated movies like Power of the Dog or The Irishman or things like that, um, and those uh, are good, but they're few and far between throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, so there's no real reason their back catalog is like a bunch of Bruce Willis direct to red box films and right. things like that. I mean, there's not a lot of like really interesting stuff it, it, and they don't get a lot of good news stuff. So, I mean, they're kind of in a bit of a bind, I would say. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, they, they aren't looking too good right now. I think that cracking down on file sharing or file sharing, Jesus Christ on, uh, profile sharing and all that is going to be a bit of a problem, but. What the fuck do I know? Um, <laughs> I did see a few good movies of this. Uh, well, did you have anything else to say about the John Wayne Gacy tapes? I mean, I, honestly, I think it's more interesting than the Ted Bundy one. I think I think everybody just got Ted Bundy burned out there for a while. I mean, it was good. It was st- still good, but I mean, just some of the shit that went on with that case. Is oh yeah, like yeah, for sure. Mind blowing. I'm, I'm not. I'm not just talking about. I, mean, I, I never listened to the first season. I never watched the first season good. of Ted Bundy tapes. I heard it was good. But at that same time, there were like five other Ted Bundy projects that were fucking coming out well, at the it was same the time. Same with so Jeffrey weird. Dahmer. Like, yeah, it was like, just okay, go through phase like, like a million Jeffrey Dahmer. The, movies. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the face of Dahmer. The face of Dahmer. Dahmer my friend Dahmer. Dahmer. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, which is based off a graphic novel. Um, yeah, I'm just waiting for the, uh, the Ed Gein. <laughs> the Ed Gein cycle. Uh, they already did that. Yeah. Well, it's going to come back. Uh, yeah, probably. It's going to come back. Where's the Otis Tool cycle? Yeah. The Henry Lee Lucas cycle. Why are these well, serial killers getting famed? We don't need the Henry Lucas tapes because we already have the movie Henry with Michael Rooker, and that's a fucking classic. Well, that's true. <laughs> and um, we also have the dead child of the man who hosts Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I saw. Come on the show. I saw a handful of movies this week. They're all new. You saw unbearable weight of massive talent. I did. I saw The Northman, and I saw Everything Everywhere All at Once. Which one's the best? Uh, I'll tell you which one's not the best. The unbearable weight. Of massive I talent. saw your Instagram. You were saying you didn't really care for it. Uh, uh-uh, I didn't. That um, really okay. sucks. I was so excited about it. All right. Everything Everywhere All at Once and The Northman are both awesome. They're both fantastic films. So let me go in chronological order. Uh, Sunday, uh, I went and saw everything. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's like a standing applause from you. Um, everything Everywhere All at Once I saw on Sunday before work. Uh, it's great. It's uh, a multiverse film starring Michelle Yeoh. Um, I've had a crush on Michelle Yeoh most of my life. Um ever since I was a kid and saw Tomorrow Never Dies in theaters. <laughs> and then not long after that, seeing Police Story 3 Super Cop. I've always been a big Michelle Yeoh fan. And uh, I guess as an adult, I still do. Um, and this movie <laughs> proved it. Uh, she's awesome. This is like the first time where she's actually had a vehicle where she's like the full-on star and has to carry the movie. It's amazing. It reminds me of the creativity that can go into making a film and all the weird stuff you can put into it, but also have an emotional center that really works and can pull an audience in. Um, don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on it. Um, so uh, definitely check it out. Um, and uh, so, yes, watch that film. Um, and then yesterday I had a double feature at the theater, um, when I caught the Northman, right? Um, Robert Eggers' new film. We're Robert Eggers fans here. If you listened to earlier episodes, you yes. probably heard us gushing over him, over Ari Aster a little bit. And um, and- yes, the Witch and Lighthouse are both modern classics. We both are huge, huge fans, and I say he did it again with the Northman. Um, definitely his most successful film, I think. Uh, this is the first one he did, not with A twenty four. He did with Focus Features. Okay. Um, it is. This isn't a twenty-four. Is no, it? yeah, it didn't even. No, think this about is a bigger that. budget. It also went over, like thirty million dollars over budget. Yeah, I think. but everyone was saying it was worth it. It is worth it. Um, yeah. you can tell. Um, but and it's not his fault. It went over budget because of COVID hit. Right. And they were also one of the first films back as well, um, to finish it up. But because of having moved the cast and moving everything back and the scale of it all, it went thirty million dollars over budget. Hopefully, it makes its money back. I sure hope so. Um, it's as accessible. It's way more accessible than The Witch or definitely Lighthouse. <laughs> um, really? Is it just pretty straightforward? Well, I mean, to a general audience, well, I mean, The Lighthouse isn't going to go over well with most just general audience that want to see that. a Marvel film. This right. is like a big like Viking revenge epic. Um, from what I understand, they shot the movie in two different ways, where they had like the dialogue that Robert Eggers and Zorn. I think that's how you say his name. He's a uh, poet from. Uh, uh, Norway, I think. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, they, they recorded almost like The Witch where they had like dialect that was – The Witch or, or The Lighthouse where they had dialect that was more um, true to the time. Yeah. And it, it didn't test well with audiences. It was like really hard to follow. So the dialogue does seem a lot more modern, but it's easier to follow, I think, than both of those films dialogue-wise. Um, I think it works – for the best. I don't think it takes you out too much. He also worked with a lot of different Viking historians and stuff like that to kind of figure out, you know, the accuracies and everything like that. But because it's so long ago, even historians don't agree on like a lot of stuff. I was reading his interview with Fangoria about Oh, yeah. Like some of the symbols that are most associated with them weren't even like 
noted until like the 1800s and people making book off books yeah off of yes it. for like, sure oh well okay i guess that's not accurate yeah absolutely there was a great interview he did with the new yorker robert eggers did with the new yorker where he talks about the behind the scenes of the northman um i'll tag it on the instagram um it's definitely worth a read especially before or after you see the movie it doesn't matter it's really really good uh but yes the movie is awesome it's beautifully crafted it's epic it definitely has some horror elements i don't need internet security (laughs) (laughs) it definitely has horror elements to it and all that it it bleeds into because that's where he cut his teeth at that's not a horror film it is a viking revenge film it is based on the tale of amleth who was the basis of hamlet hamlet was based off of Mm -hmm. amleth um check it out now on the other hand i followed that up (laughs) The unbearable weight of massive talent, which it was, really bums me out that it was not. I don't, I don't know if we should put a fucking cage watch on it, but um, I don't think I will. <laughs> uh, uh, we it, were we were excited for this. It. Well, no, it, it, it's not a bad movie. Let me let me get this out of the way. It's not a bad film. I was just expecting more from it. Now, with a movie like The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, you would expect like okay. You wrote yourself a license to go as crazy as you can fucking go, right? You wrote a movie where Nick Cage is starring as himself and everything's going over the top, which I found out today that they didn't even know if they were going to be able to get Nick Cage for the fucking movie. <laughs> they said that Daniel Day-Lewis was a backup to give him the role of Nick Cage. But he's going to be playing Nick Cage in the movie? Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Play Nick Cage. Who's retired now, so I don't think that will work yeah, anyways. Yeah, no, that wouldn't work. Um, and also, I don't think he would do that. The, the whole thing is that the movie only works if Nick Cage plays himself, which he does. Let me say Nick Cage is giving it his all. Pedro Pascal, very charming, as normal. <laughs> Pedro Pascal, love the guy. Seems like you a very nice guy. You my sister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great stuff. Uh, the problem is that the movie doesn't go cagey enough. <laughs> You have Nick Cage willing to go rage cage over the top and everything like that. And the more the plot gets involved in the film, especially in the last like act, whenever it turns into an action movie, and there's like a bad guy and there's like a big like shooting and all that and stuff like that. Like a whole gunfight and car chase and everything like that. That like, I mean, the writer should be having like a lot of fun with that. Like, right. Nick Cage, like you should be like the end of adaptation, which is a way better film. <laughs> Like, go Charlie Kaufman levels of craziness, right? And the movie just, it doesn't. It doesn't go over the top. Like, you wrote yourself this license to be like Nick Cage going full rage cage out in a gunfight, in a car chase, all this stuff. And it feels like it's playing it very, very safe. The jokes aren't as funny as I thought they were going to be. I was in a theater with only three people. And there wasn't a lot of laughing going on. <laughs> uh, it's a small screening. Uh, most of the funny moments are in the trailer. There's some dialogue that's pretty funny. It's not unfunny, but it's fine. It just feels like with a concept like this, you could do so much. You could go so over the top. So it's not as it good as like the dialogue and let's say vampire is. <laughs> Nothing's as good as vampire. Yeah, I didn't think so. Nothing's <laughs> as good as Because when he loses his hearing, that is hysterical. <laughs> that is just a laugh riot. <laughs> My God. How can you top it? How can you? I Uh, mean, it was eight minutes of straight (laughs) hilarity. (laughs) Nick Cage actually watched Vampires. Uh, to get to prepare for the, yeah, his, his like, role oh, as man, himself. I really need to. It's also weird though, because like like whenever you do a movie where Nick Cage is starring himself, you're going to go like all or nothing. Even with like in the movie, there's an actress that plays his wife, an actress that plays his daughter. 
but it's not his like actual wife or daughter, and they don't have the, like, the same names of his like actual like. I thought he had sorry, a son. He does. He has a son named Kel after Kel L because he's a huge Superman fan, and he also has another child. But he has like a wife, an ex-wife in this movie, who's not played by like any of his ex-wives. And he's a kid that's not played by like any of his kids. So it's supposed to be Nick Cage, and I guess a fictionalized Nick Cage. Nick Cage. But it's like, like if I was directing or writing the film, I'd be like, let's get like his actual like ex-wife and like a child to put into it. So like watching it, he this you're supposed to have this emotional core of like. Oh, it's his wife and it's his kid and he's trying to show like how he's not as self-centered as kind of like the plot line is that he's super self-centered with like every conversation he's ever in and everything like that. And like how he's trying to show that he's not selfish and that he does care about more things than just his self and his career and everything. Um, It would be better if it was like actually connected to who he is. As yeah. a person, but instead they hired an actress to play somebody that doesn't even have like the same name as one of his exes. It's weird. I don't know. Like, is Nick Cage only in name and that he has Nick Cage's career, but like nothing else? <laughs> it's like not his actual family or anything like that. It's just it is Nick Cage, and he, and he was a national treasure and like Face Off and stuff like that, so we can do Nick Cage jokes. Yeah, but it's not like, connected to him like it, like the as personal of a connection as you can make it. Now I'm in the minority until. Last night, it had a higher rating than Northman, which is fucking bonkers. Uh, now they're both at 89%, I think, unless the Northman went down. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm in the minority. I think it's fine. I, I, I'm pretty disappointed, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of people saying they liked it a lot. Yeah. Eh. I don't know. I'll, I'll probably watch it. But. I, I, It's fine. I watched Adaptation afterwards to watch the taste out of my mouth. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, it's not a bad film. It's 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 not it's not a bad film. It's just like I, I was just let down a, a lot. Um Oh I did watch something else. What else you watch? I watched the uh second episode of Curse Films, the Rosemary's Baby episode. Oh, how was that? Great. Yeah. Oh man, it was great. Yeah. It was great. But I will say they're like they don't really <laughs> go into like hey, just letting you know Roman Polanski is kind of a piece of shit there's no need to everybody knows well i don't know they almost make him seem sympathy like sympathy uh, sympathetic towards him at the time though this is also way before that stuff happened well that's true that is way before and most of the people were associated way before but i don't want to go into that but the episode was great um it was very interesting and uh and this is all part of halfway to halloween Yep. On Shutter. Half ass weight Um, Darcy the Male Girl, Diana Prince. Yeah. Uh, chose her picks, her top picks for the Halfway to Halloween stuff. Because on Shutter, it's Halfway to Halloween, so they're putting a bunch of different movies on there and new shows and new movies as well. Right. But a lot of stuff that like people want to like revisit that they took off the streaming service of putting back. She put her recommendations for halfway to halloween i'm gonna go down the list real quick i'm not gonna read what she said about each one yeah i actually have been really wanting to watch some of the movies I might she watch one she chose near dark which we've had an episode on we we reviewed near dark and lost boys earlier in the podcast history um fun house which she says is her favorite toby hooper film uh, more the good. texas chainsaw like okay. I, I disagree with that but i do like it um intruder uh piranha joe dante uh, Halloween 3, of course. Of course, you choose Halloween 3. <laughs> um, not, I don't blame her. I love Halloween 3. It's not on there yet. I've never seen this one, actually. But uh, Popcorn. What? 
I've never seen popcorn. You haven't. I come over here with my popcorn mug. You know, oh, is it really? I've never seen the movie. Dude. No, I've never seen I it. I love that. That's Yeah, that's the, the... My cup is the movie. Oh. Yeah. It It's great. I mean, it's hilarious. Okay. It, it's all over the place. It comes out on May 9th on Shudder. So oh, whoever man. else has seen it, check it out. It's on the Halloween channel, which is a free channel you can get right now. Okay, cool. And... Uh, 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 my mom actually got me that cup because uh, it was the it came out the year I was born. So. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was your gift, yeah. Because yeah. she asked me like, what's the movie that came out for? Uh, oh, she I, asked you. Yeah. What a weirdo. Yeah. Well, she asked me if I had anything in mind of like a, a movie that got released on your birthday around your birthday that came out. Oh. Okay. And uh, she chose that. I told her, um, Debbie does Dallas. <laughs> it's just like I don't think that came out then I'm like nah. yeah I'm pretty sure uh, Philadelphia <laughs> sometimes talking about plays I feel like dying of AIDS so Philadelphia <laughs> it's about the same process really it's like okay well uh, you can die of AIDS or you can talk to this chubby man about black metal and he'll talk about popcorn I'm like I'd rather choke a popcorn I'd rather just be stabbed to death. Kevin's listening right now going like me too <laughs> <laughs> Talking to Kevin, either of them. Kevin's like, you don't know how bad it is until you're stuck in a Talk around 50 minutes. You want to kill yourself? Yeah. He was like, I was ready to go about 10 minutes into the interview. And they just kept talking. I was going to hang myself in my garage and make it on it. The chubby guy was getting all sweaty. And then he started asking about guitar shit. <laughs> no, he was great. No, he was uh, awesome. He was super nice. Uh yeah, and she also said the gulag. The gulag is a must. During, oh, yeah. During any season. Any season. Put the, the gulag, gulag in the background. Um, but let's talk it's about... It's not really a log, but hey. No. I mean, it logs time the longer it's playing, I guess. No, I but know. that's not what it means. <laughs> well, fuck me. Um, uh, there is... Uh, we, we talked about this a little bit. Oh, yeah. Also, I went to Record Store Day today. Oh, yes. This story. <laughs> I did try to go record store. Today is record store day. Um, I've never been to record store day. I usually just see the leftovers on the shelf. Uh, but today I woke up kind of early because I had other errands to do. I'm like, I'm going to try to go to record store day and see if I can get in real quick. Uh, because I knew they were putting out a picture disc release of pornography by The Cure, which has never been released on picture, like the picture vinyl you before. Again? Yeah, that's where I was going to go. And they also put a release of the Blue Velvet soundtrack. I want to get both. I saw the line, and the older I get, I go, I don't do lines. <laughs> like, like at this point, I kind Says of the guy who likes going to Universal Studios. Yeah, but I go through the single rider line, and also that that's different. I guess that's true. You go to a theme park, you know you're going to the line. But like, I'm going to a store. Like, there's a reason you don't do fucking Black Friday. Yeah, yeah. that's why you do Cyber Monday or you do like Black Friday online. Like, okay, I'm going to a theme park. Yeah, I get it. You know, but like, oh, I'm going to a place. Like, like I don't know how people bear going through the line. Well, I I know why I wouldn't bear to even be near it. But go to Chick Fil A. Yeah. (laughs) Where there's three lanes, there's like cars backed up in the middle of the fucking street, so you can't get a fuck around them. Because, I mean, I guess they feel like supporting a bunch of homophobic bullshit. But <laughs> but that chicken's fucking good, am I right? Yeah. But people send the fucking line. Like they send a fucking three-lane line on every day except for Sunday for fucking mediocre, homophobic-ass chicken. I would go fucking nuts. <laughs> but I saw the line for fucking Record Store Day, and I'm like, 
you know what? Nah. <laughs> and That's I walked fair. back to my car, and I went on eBay, and I just bought the regular vinyl, <laughs> Pornography <laughs> by the Cure, for it's 20 bucks, and it'll be here, for, like, in five days. <laughs> so... It's not like you were like, I have to go listen to it all now. Yeah, it's okay. I, I, I won't waste my time. I uh, love buying records, but it's honestly rare that I ever have time to really put one on and listen. Uh, I put them on like the daytime or, or something like that, you know, um, or when I'm getting ready, I'll put them on. Um, Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, okay. That's like about a real life horror <laughs> right now because we talked about it a little bit before. Some toxic uh, ass people. Right I there. wasn't going... I, I didn't give a shit. Like celebrity politics, shit like that, yeah, especially after everything with the Academy Awards. I'm so tired of, of like whatever the fuck, right? I, I I knew Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's bullshit that together was super toxic, even the media. They made asses of themselves multiple times on different occasions just over the years and stuff like that. I wasn't going to pay this any mind until like yesterday. I put on like an interview. It was one part of the court when it was interviewing um, – Johnny Depp's best friend, mm-hmm. Oscar Baruch. The uh, the artist guy? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, and I, after I watched that, he seemed like a really nice guy and stuff like that. And I watched it, and I was like, I was hooked. <laughs> and just going back, I was like watching all like the different oh, man, court interviews and stuff like that. I'm like, why am I watching this? But every time something news on, I'm like, ooh, I got to play this. I, I, I wasn't going to give a shit until I did. Um, And, and I kind of stand by what I already thought, where I think they're both pretty shitty. Um, there's definitely a bunch of things that Johnny Depp is saying, even though I, I'm, I'm kind of on his side right now, but there's a bunch of things, how he's kind of walking around certain questions and stuff like that, that it's hard not to notice. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's hard not to notice that he's kind of like reflecting on different questions of like, eh, whatever. I can't really side with either of them. I get what you're saying with like the evidence and everything like that, but it's like, you both suck. <laughs> it's just also just how she's kind of reacting during oh, yeah. like everything, and like when it shows like her face. And I watch like different like body and analysts on YouTube talking about it. Um, I mean, she shit on a fucking bed. <laughs> she- hey, we've all done it. Wait, that, that happened once. Not to me. I didn't do it. Yeah. But I remember waking up next to somebody who did. If if I was a te- if if I was uh, Amber Heard's defense if i was you know if i was the opposition <laughs> i'd be like well mr depp do you have a feces fetish <laughs> immediately <laughs> he'd be like oh god they found out <laughs> he's like oh well actually um <laughs> well not really uh, but i actually i didn't notice he had uh, such a stutter <laughs> he does well it was a body analyst would bring it up that that you watch earlier interviews and stuff like that he definitely has a slower cadence a very slow talker but also in something like this you want to take your time with every fucking thing mm. you say because even if you say something too embarrassing it's going to be all over the place they're going to take every single thing that you're saying as being dissected and put out there oh, especially yeah. right now um i i think i actually think though in this things it's pretty funny just how like much he doesn't give a fucking shit like about a bunch of their questions where he's just being very smart assy whenever you know the opposition comes up and everything and like oh, that's replies, yes, <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like ah oh, a, a, a mega cup <laughs> he said like oh, a, mega, a mega pint a mega pint <laughs> like oh yes and he's like did I read that right he's like you did <laughs> it's like did I read that right like you, you you still read it right you continue to read it right <laughs> he's like I respect uh with respect for the time for the court. 
And it's like, oh, well, I mean, it only took you like five minutes to find the document. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's like, he's being such a dick. But it, I, I kind of like it. Um, <laughs> Because it's just like, this is fucking crazy. I can't believe any of this stuff is happening. So it's kind of hard not to side with them because of that. But they're both actors, guys. They're both actors. They both, they're trained in different things. One's a way better actor than the other one, by the way. <laughs> just career-wise. Um, but uh, it's interesting because some of these stories are just you like... You must be forgetting Aquaman. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> how could I forget? Academy Award winner. Aquaman. Best picture, two thousand and. 18, whatever it was. Um, I find it funny because I, I brought this up my friend, how like they recorded literally everything. <laughs> like while really? they were together, they just like secretly taped each other they all really the time did. and took pictures all the time of each other. Like, really? Like, I never even think of doing that. That's how much like trust was there. None at all. Like they didn't trust each other ever. They didn't want they didn't believe in anything each other said. They were always fighting. They were just constantly at ends. That whole relationship to where they felt like they had to record and take pictures all the fucking time. It's insane. How do you live like that? I just Clearly you don't. Well, yeah. <laughs> Clearly you don't. And then I'm watching the things where people are like, yeah, do you remember what happened back on that day in 2016? It's like, oh, yeah, I actually remember what she was wearing. I'm like, I can't remember what I had for fucking lunch yeah. yesterday. <laughs> like, did I have a sandwich or pancakes? <laughs> oh, what shirt did I have on yesterday? I'm like, I don't know. But probably something in black. <laughs> yeah. Something with either a horror movie or a band. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I wear button-ups because I never wear them. <laughs> I don't because I always wear them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on the uh, on the trial? No, not really. Like, I mean, there. I mean, it's pretty much what you said. It, yeah. It's like, why the fuck am I watching this? But then you're like, it's kind of entertaining in a way. In some stupid drama, uh, drama way. <laughs> Jan, Dra- drama, drama for your mama. But uh, yeah. Um, Trying to think if there's some more stuff going on. Have you been watching Moon Knight? Nope. I have not. Uh, it's fine. It's all right. I actually started watching Seinfeld. Seinfeld's great. I love it. I yeah, love Seinfeld's it. I'm great. Addicted to it, Seinfeld is one of those shows like uh, King of the Hill. Whenever you're a kid, yeah, you, just, you really don't understand you don't get it. Get it as a kid, but like, and, and they try and they try to market King of the Hill. I remember in the '90s to a younger audience because it is an animated show and stuff. They're like, oh, it's like The Simpsons, but like, it's not. It's it's not like The Simpsons because totally like different like style like of humor. it definitely has yeah it's a completely different style of humor like the messaging is way different it's not as like in your face like what's funny about it is like something that makes sense to an adult audience yeah like Seinfeld like the, the whole thing with King of the Hill is that oh well it's a man that's kind of like a very Reagan kind of guy and he's like very out of touch with everything post Reagan <laughs> everything that's yeah. kind of happening and it's also very much about like the state of Texas and all this stuff. There's a lot of like things going on. Same thing with like Seinfeld where it's like, Oh, it's not like fucking putting on like friends or some shit like that. Like the jokes are more about like these jokes are about like nothing at all. And that's where the humor <laughs> kind of comes from. It's kind of like anti humor in a way. Right. <laughs> right. I know. I, 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 and that's what I appreciate about it. But, um, no, I really got to get on that halfway to Halloween stuff. I really want to check out those new originals. They got coming out. You should watch popcorn. I have. <laughs> I 
Oh. You should watch Popcorn. Nah. <laughs> it's real. It's a silly video, but it's good. It's good. You should check it out. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it on what has been going on in the news. Yeah, it's been kind of a scarce week of me just sweating a lot. I'm just, just like, <gasps> work. <laughs> yeah. I've been watching a lot of new stuff. A lot of new movies and theaters. Yeah. That's about it. I, I wish I had the fucking time lately. Yeah. I just made the time. Yeah. I'm, I did it. I don't even have PTO yet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have anything yet. No. And trust not. me, once you have it, it still won't amount to much. Nope. It sure won't. <laughs> it sure won't. It'll be like, here's a day. Enjoy yeah. Enjoy it, you piece of shit. <laughs> Can you afford our clothes? No. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> it's like, why can't you afford our clothes? Because you're paying me shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I hit my job. I was just fine. Okay. Well, I guess that brings us to our interview. Yep. All and right. We'll go on to the interview with Kevin Von Esper. Kevin Von Esper. Today's guest is a videographer. A musician and now a documentary film director. His new documentary, The Lights and Slimes of Dookie Flyswatter and Haunted Garage, is now up for funding and he is our first guest. Please welcome Kevin Von Esper. Hello! Our very first guest. Wow, I'm honored to be your first guest. Thank you for having me. Uh, (laughs) Of course. <laughs> so how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, your audio is cutting in a little out a little bit. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be a problem, but I'm doing great over here. I'm uh, just in for another exciting night of talking Dookie Flyswatter. Yeah, I feel like you've been promoting it a lot, Matt. I am trying to. I'm kind of uh, got my full time promoter uh, outfit on these days. <laughs> this yeah. is the outfit. Yes, yeah, that's the yeah. I mean, I totally dressed up just for you guys. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you, you wasted. We're just like, oh. I know. That's our maniac cop school, though. So. Yeah. Uh, but all right. Well, let's go back to the beginning before we talk about the document. Let's go back. What started you as a musician? What got you into music? Oh boy. I feel like I was always into music. I had an older brother who was eight years older than me, so he always had, like, the cool stuff. Um, Well, at least cool to me at the time when I was, like, five or six, probably discovering, like, Metallica or whatever he was playing at the time. Um, Eventually, you know, I grew into my own interests, uh, particularly, like, the grunge era. Nirvana was very popular when I was, like, I don't know. I guess that album came out when it, in, like, 1991 when I was, like, seven or something like that. So I was, like, the perfect age for that. But then once Kurt Cobain died, that, that kind of died, that whole scene kind of died. The next thing I discovered was Green Jello. You remember oh, Green yeah. Jello? Yeah, I discovered Three Little Pigs, as many people would. Of course, I'm, like, 10 years old thinking, wow, this is amazing. i got to get this. And little did I know... That's when I bought this cassette, um, excuse me, VHS tape. you got to tell the kids about what VHS tapes are. <laughs> I do um, it all the time. Oh, I collect them. So. Yeah, great. Well, these are part of a collection, but I don't necessarily collect them. I just have a lot of them because I bought them in the 90s when that's when you, the only way you could find these crazy <laughs> movies and stuff. Uh, but I'm glad I have them. But anyways, 
little did I know that Dookie Flyswatter was in this video for Misadventures of Shitman. That was the first time I had ever seen him. But uh, discovering uh, Green Jello, and then very quickly after discovering Guar, of course, you know that's like the next step. And then the third band you would discover after that is Haunted Garage. So by the time I was 11, I was starting the internet's first Haunted Garage web fan page. Because oh. I was like, this is the band out of those three that, you know, the, the least amount of information, the most mysterious, probably the weirdest. Um, and so that thirst for knowledge, and now, uh, skip to, what, 30-something years later, my professional life as a videographer and music producer and photographer and stuff like that. This is the perfect marriage of my passions and my professional life. Yeah, and it's interesting to me because, uh, as you said, like Guar and Green Jello and or Jelly is uh, they're both. You know, they still say Jello, so no worries. Okay, cool. I was worried yeah. about that. Nobody like, cares right, anymore. I remember the lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, they're not popular anymore, so you could say they say whatever they want. Well, oh, okay. technically, technically, they say Jelly uh, J E L L Y with umlauts over the Y is apparently pronounced O. I don't know if there's any truth to this, but it's it sounds good. Yeah, because I know I I actually grew up going to see those bands. I've seen yeah, yeah I've seen Great Jelly in Jacksonville a few times. Really? When uh when did you see them? Gosh, that must have been years ago. I actually got to play one of the radioactive chicken heads. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. so they were on tour with the chicken heads, or yep. did the chicken heads actually play? No, no, no. They were just oh, along for the okay. tour. It was them and Mobile Death Camp was the tour. Yeah, which had members of Guar in it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Todd and Evans. Rick and Mortis, I think, too. Uh, that is the other beefcake. Ah, oh, yeah. Right. That's, okay. That's, uh, that's their current beefcake, um, um, Casey Orr. Got it. But okay. that, that's, if you saw the next show they did, or the next tour they did with the chicken heads actually playing, I was on that tour and I was a chicken head. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but yeah, the, first, the first leg of that tour, the first leg of that tour, I had just gone to see them for the first time, so the next leg I joined the band and was living on the bus, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you saw a second show in Jacksonville, you might have seen me play. I might have, honestly, because every time Green Jelly came through, I would go check them out. I think we played in Jacksonville. We played some crazy shows in Florida, man. Yeah. The, kid, the kids are, are nuts. We blew shit up. And... That's awesome, though. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and it's like, I, I also, I've seen Guar more than any other band. I've seen them 12 times. Oh, I've probably seen them at least that many times. Yeah, many times. I saw them twice this year already. Oh, really? Well, since since October, I've seen them twice already. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That is like a year so far. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, they started their and ended their tour in New York City, and I was going to, I will go see them either time. And, and especially... Um, was, I don't know if you saw the last tour they did with Hunter Jackson back as Secto Destructo. I don't think I did see that one. Oh, man, the last tour was like a Scumdogs reunion show. Oh, that's and, awesome. And, and Secto Destructo came back on the tour, and he's in the documentary, so it was, oh, nice. it was great to see that's him on right. stage finally. Oh, I did see him in the trailer. And, yeah. Uh, but that's kind of where I was leading with this, is the fact that, you know, obviously you would also love these bands as well, but yeah. you came across 
Dookie, and I honestly never really heard of Haunted Garage until you started, you know, asking us. And I was you like, are my target audience. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I have to look this up, and I love it. Like, they sound yeah. amazing. The shows are incredible. The, this um, this documentary is not for the people who know Dookie and Haunted Garage so much as, as it is for the people who don't know and are like, what the fuck, how do I not know about this? Right, and that's exactly how I felt when I watched the trailer. I'm like, this Perfect. is everything I would want. Yes, in a live show, and I just never knew about it yeah. until you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, because I'm a David Dakota fan. Yeah. Oh well, realized that he was Uncle Impy. Oh, we got some from David. Dakota. We got some props. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, VHS tape of this one. Yeah, and then. I didn't realize he was Omar in Nightmare Sisters. I'm a big Nightmare Sisters fan as well. Oh, whoa. Oh, yeah. I have signed, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I got uh, Michelle and Brink in my documentary. Um, still, and, and Kenneth J. Hall, who wrote this movie as well. Um, still trying to get in touch with David Dakota. I hear he doesn't answer his phone, even for the people he does know. So, still working on that one. We just got Fred Olin Ray uh, recently. So if you know that name, he did like the Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers and lots of other stuff. But yeah, these two movies were filmed literally days apart from each other. They're the, the, the two 80s scream, you know, big three scream queen movies. And this one actually has a soundtrack by Haunted Garage. Yeah. And uh, Dookie plays uh, Omar, the guy who gets his head ripped off in the beginning of the movie. Um, hey, were you not able to get Linnea? We tried, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's a no yet, but we just haven't gotten her yet. She, we tried to get all three of them together. Uh, we got two of them, so it wasn't so bad, but we just couldn't make it work, um, logistics that day or whatever. So hopefully, I still would like to talk to her. We were in contact with her, so she knows about it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, whenever, uh, I saw on the video that you interviewed Dookie, Frank, and Michelle together, though, right? Yes. Yes. All together one one say that it must have been I'm actually really interested in seeing, especially that footage. Oh yeah, my, my mind was blown. I mean just seeing them all together, just like this crazy reunion and bouncing off of each other. I couldn't have like I don't know how I'm ever gonna top that, you know, moment of my life. Oh, for sure. Just something you grew up and loved and yeah. was like, Oh wow, now it's in the I mean, group with me. I, I had met Brink very briefly when I was in high school at a chiller convention. That's my photo with her in a haunted garage shirt. But, I mean, now, like, she's actually in something that I'm producing, and, like, we got to hang out. Like, that was just a fanboy dream. And, and they were they were so wonderful. Especially Michelle. I mean, Brink, it's great, but she's still out there doing movies. Michelle's kind of retired and more reclusive, so it was, like, a real big get to, to have her. So out of all the interviews that uh, you did, what would you say is the most interesting person that you did interview? I mean, other than Dookie Flyswatter, of course. If you had to say somebody else that was what you consider very interesting. Oh, wow. See, the most interesting people might not be the most famous people. <laughs> oh, for uh, sure. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little deep dive here. And I'm going to say... Uh, Probably one of the most interesting people we interviewed, not necessarily the best interview or like, you know, it's more of a side note of, of the uh, story at large. But this guy named um, Eric Brummer, he, he went by the stage name Slain Wayne as a director for a bunch of like weird monster porno films, um, including I think I can show this. 
Debbie does damnation, which is mostly like claymation and like flying skulls and, and just like crazy shit um, that Dookie played a, a part in. Here's another release of it when it was kind of a collection called Damnation Babes. Anyways, um, he he ended up working with Dookie and a couple other um, adult films where Dookie Dookie played non mostly non sexual roles. He was like the character that introduced the segments in between. Oh. Uh, and in particular, there was one called. Can, can, am I limited by saying anything? No, not at okay, all. just make it clear. It was called Terrors from the Clit, and you can imagine what that was a parody of. Um, and he played the Clit Keeper, and <laughs> and actually was up for an AVN award for his role in the sequel. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, which is hard to find. I don't even think the director has a copy. I've been trying to find a copy for him, both both of us. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, like, yeah. Well, I have it. So like, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you have it, send it over. <laughs> well, I, know, I mean, you. You're... Oh no, I I found some clips online that he used to sell, like really terrible quality. But the only VHS copy I had found was like be on sale for like two hundred dollars, and nobody wanted to pay that at the time. So yeah, I'm just gonna like stumble upon it, like, but. It's up for an ABN award, like yeah, right. The highest, <laughs> the highest honor of the porn industry. You know, he was nominated for because of this this crazy director. So um, that was interesting. I would say he was a very interesting interview. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Uh, were there any other really interesting interviews? Oh, so like, yeah. A better question would probably be what inter- was there any interviews that were not interesting because. <laughs> In this subject matter, everything was interesting. It was just a, so fascinating to, especially for me, to talk to the old actual band members who are not famous people in, in any shape or form, really. Um, and they them telling me directly their experiences um, being in the band, that's just like something you would never get unless, unless you knew them personally. And, and they're not in the spotlight. Like you can't. They're not like doing press or anything. Some of them are in their seventies. You know what I mean? They're like retired. They're just like. It must be really hard to office. get those connections with those people. Um, some of them I'm still working on, <laughs> um, but you know it wasn't as bad as you think because um, most people have a Facebook and you just write to them and they'll be you know they're not like celebrities so they'll they'll write you back if they see it if they That's see true. it. If they see it, that's the other part of, like, dealing with old punk rockers, you know, and technology. is like, the people that I haven't gotten yet are just because I don't have a direct contact with them. It's not for any other reason. But everyone, yeah, everyone's just like, who doesn't want to talk about Haunted Garage and Dookie Flyswatter? It's just crazy to everyone that somebody took the time out of their day to make a documentary about this shit in the first place. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah and, it's and then, though. yeah, and I've, I've amassed a lot of these connections over the years. Like I said, I was in Green Jello. I was in the Chicken Heads. Like, these, all these people are connected with each other. So it was just like, oh, you got this guy's number? Yeah, let's let's get him, you know. That's awesome. Uh, what's the next one you got on? Uh, well, actually, it connects into the long interview. The good thing is, is uh, well, first of all, let's ask this. What is your favorite Doogie film? Oh, boy. You know, that's a hard one, but I think I'm just going to... I have to always default to Nightmare Sisters just because, I mean, this is probably... 
has the most bizarre scene in cinema history with these three ladies in a bathtub for like 10 minutes. Not only are they like ridiculously attractive scream queens, uh, fully naked. The song in the background is this crazy, obscure Haunted Garage song called Yumpin' Yumini Suck on My Chimney. And you're like, <laughs> what the hell is happening here? This is the strangest thing, you know. I, I ha- It's just, it's so crazy. It's not necessarily a great movie, but for what it is, it's so interesting that it has to be my favorite. Plus, Dookie's in it. Haunted Garage does the soundtrack. It's got the big three. You know, David Dakota. I mean, it's got all, it checks all the boxes. It was made in three... Days, I believe. Three to five. I think five days, maybe, this one. Sure. No. No, no, no. (laughs) Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers was made in five and a half days, and this was a response to that, where he made it in three and a half days, I believe, filming. So, just the stories behind it are great. Yeah, there's also, like, just great intro with you. Yeah. I mean... He's doing, like, basically a monologue. It's about, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah, and and... What's so great about that character is in the middle, he slips into the actual character's voice, so the character is even faking the character that he's playing, yeah. you know, with, with that whole, like, voice that he's doing. And he's like, cash in advance, you know? <laughs> Breaking character. Uh, uh, so what is your relationship? Uh, how, how did you first meet him? Was it while you were touring, or...? With Dookie? Um... Well, the first time I talked to him was when I was like 11 years old. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I, I had created that fan website, you know, because there was no other information about them online, really. And very quickly I discovered people found me and they were like, hey, you should just talk to Dookie. Here's his number. You could just call him up, you know. Like, again, like he's not that big of a celebrity or anything. Right. So... I did, and it was kind of awkward because of how young I was. And he actually called back. I left a message for my parents on our machine, being a responsible shock rocker that he was. You know, like, as crazy as Haunted Garage and Dookie Flyswatter seems to be, there's always a level of um, responsibility and safety behind it. And I think I turned out okay. So I've actually been in contact with Dookie for 11, 12. Thirty-one, almost thirty years. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, right? I think I invited him to MySpace. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, not like best friends with the guy or anything, but like, we've always had a contact. That's an amazing thing to, to talk to like a childhood hero at that age and them actually respond to you. Yeah. But uh, it, you had a relationship with that. Rocky. Yeah, a couple meetings with Dave Rocky was. Yeah, I did. Inter- I get to got to interview Dave once in character for my old web TV show called Twilight Vision, and it was the my friend uh, Evan who was doing the interview. It was the first. I've, I think I've watched every interview he's ever done. Like I'm such a Guar fanatic. Uh, yeah. I, I could go on for hours about Guar. It's the first time I ever saw someone stump Dave in an interview, and he didn't know what to do. I'll send it to you. Yeah, you've got to. I need to know what that question is. Yeah, it's from like 2009 or 10. Well, he came in with his own um, appendage character to meet the cuttlefish. Oh. And so it was made out of like just tinfoil and like sticky uh, like wall tack. It's like it was really crude. But just the fact that he did it, no one's ever done that to him before. 
Yeah. He called it yeah. Sid Sid Dickish. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty fitting name. And he was just like copying. Even even in his odorous costume, he's just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I know. Uh, in the in the uh, trailer, I was watching somebody describe the show, The Haunted Garage, as, as like a friendly Gigi Allen. Yeah. I, I found think, that funny because I grew up really into Gigi Allen. Oh, really? That too. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're a, you're a special breed, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not that into Gigi Allen. But I'm proud of it. I'm not yeah. proud of it. I'm getting it covered up. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, he was no. not a, a great person. Um, no, he's a person. <laughs> I, I, I am friends with someone who used to be in his band before, like, the crazy period, like, back when he was just Kevin writing punk rock songs. Right. And he was like, yeah, he was he was just a normal, pretty normal dude. Like, I don't know, really know what happened. But, um, yeah, in the trailer, yeah, yeah, in the trailer, that was a, Robbie Rist said that. Robbie Rist was in a band called the Undead Kennedys with Dookie. They were a Dead Kennedys tribute band, but as zombies. So, like, too dead to fuck, you know, and stuff like that. That's awesome. But what, what Robbie's most famous for, I hope he doesn't mind me blowing his spot up, but he was the voice of Michelangelo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Really? Yeah, and he was also a cast member of the original Brady Bunch uh, show when he was very young. So he's like a Hollywood actor, punk rocker guy, you know. Like <laughs> That's great. And if, you, if you close your eyes and, and listen to him say he's like a friendly Gigi Allen, you hear Michelangelo telling you that. That's awesome. <laughs> I guess that's why I've been wanting pizza every time. <laughs> it's subliminal, my friend. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that, that you were able to get the Norse press, as well as the dwarves, all of that. Um, yeah, what's funny about the dwarves is Blag was coming to New York to do a show, and, and that ended up being my first interview because I was like, oh, wow, someone's coming to me. I, I live in New York. All these other people are in California. And um, I interviewed him before I even went out there to get Juki and everyone else. And then... When I was in L.A., uh, we set up one final performance for Pony Garage at um, Green Jelly Studios, which he, he actually does a show every Saturday night. There's one that's going to happen tonight in a couple hours. Three hours live on YouTube. It's called WTF TV now. Three hours. He turned Bill from Green Jello turned his living room into a fully like multicam production studio, and he has bands come by and play featured bands every week. And um, while I was up there, I convinced Haunted Garage to do one final performance, and it just ended up being on the same day that the Dwarves were going to be there playing as well. Whoa. It was nuts. Yeah. I bet they, in a living room? <laughs> Basically, yeah, you got to see it. Like, Go to WTF-TV.com and watch the show tonight. Will do. I'm going to. Yeah. WTF. Yeah, he's been doing it. WTF-TV.com. And, uh, yeah, he's been doing it for, like, 60-something weeks in a row. It's been over a year now. Every Saturday night, he does a three-hour broadcast. It's it's, an, it's amazing. I'm definitely checking that out. So how do you feel that Haunted Garage influenced other bands, like, like War or, like, you know, Green Jelly or anything like that? How much did they influence them? Yeah, how much would you say, like, how important they the Haunted Garage? Like, yeah. It's when these bands are, are, are so obscure, but it's like when you read, like, music out of art, people know. I talk about this band, it's like, I don't believe this, but this band was so influential in my career. You start seeing how kind of pattern. Yeah. You know, musicians that kind of 
just fan, but general audiences don't know who they are. Yeah. Same with Onyx. Well, I went into the documentary thinking I was going to hear a lot of that, and it was not necessarily the case. Although, as much as I pushed for it, it just so happens that all these bands, Green Jello, Guar, Haunted Garage, had these ideas separately, but around the same time. There must have been something in the water at the time, you know, I don't know. But, you know, uh, Green Jelly was actually from Buffalo, New York, originally. Um, Guar's from Richmond, Virginia, and Haunted Garage is from L.A. They were all just these weird bands and they all met each other and became friends with each other and played shows with each other, especially green jello and haunted garage. They were playing all the time together. Um, but as far as influence, it's really hard to say. I think less of an influence. It's more just that they were on the cutting edge of extreme entertainment and, and monster shows because you know, like you see, see White Zombie used to open for Haunted Garage, and now look at these giant Rob Zombie, you know, stage shows. I'm not saying they were influenced, but they were there, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They were probably going to go that route anyways, but Haunted Garage definitely helped, um, you know, get that into the co- collective consciousness. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely with the influence of before stage, I mean, there, it had to be at least subconsciously yeah. influential on somebody like Rob Zahn. Yes, I think so. I'd hope so. Rob, being my documentary, we're looking for you. <laughs> yeah, sure. We're, we're working on it. <laughs> Rob, go on his show. I, yeah, I know I know he listens to the Bladed Apples podcast all the time. Oh, yeah, all, all the time. <laughs> uh, number we can't get him to stop. <laughs> Come on, Rob. Stop listening. This is your last episode. You're cut off. <laughs> uh, uh, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, right. How about you with music and everything like that? Uh, what inspired you? Uh, do, well, first of all, uh, what was your inspiration in starting on Esper Studios? Uh, just the, the, the thing that you decided to do to channel everything with like geography and music and with, you know, yeah. Was that just kind of like, hey, this is going to be the central hub of it? Sure. Was it something else? Like, um, well, it was all things that I would, was doing anyway, so I might as well make it official and uh, be able to write off everything as for taxes. <laughs> 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 you know, it is a, an officially an LLC, and I do videography and video editing mostly, uh, music production, photography. And it kept me hustling real hard for years in New York City. But, yeah, it was just, I was doing that stuff anyways, and it was a way to make it official. It was named after my band, Bot Esper, uh, which is named after my fake name that everyone mispronounces, which is fine because it's not real. So, uh, yeah, there wasn't much really behind it except for um, just making it official. And, and now this is the first real internal project that I'm doing under the name, you know, under the company. Because, you know, the pandemic kind of destroyed my business a little bit, so it's time to to switch gears. And also gave me the time to, you know, before the pandemic, I didn't have the time to sit down and archive, you know, hundreds of VHS tapes and and do all this work. So, you know, it was the natural progression of my business. Yeah, sure. So it's always those things. As an optimist, I always kind of bring out like positive in this situation, definitely with things like pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. I get their creativity. Yeah. 
ways and try back for a Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, so um, what, what would you say your biggest film and music inspiration is other than Hanukkah? Uh, musically oh, well, film, film film, and music okay well film it's hard to say because I don't make films so much as I have I'm making a documentary but I've never made like a fiction based film or anything like that um, but in terms of DIY uh, energy I would say probably the most influential film I can recall is maybe the Blair Witch Project because of how it was made and I was also very young when that came out and I saw it in the theaters when it was only in two theaters before it had a wider release and like I followed all of the the ARG before that was even a term behind it and um, that was a really successful DIY phenomenon so I would say that and musically, I would probably say Green Jello was the band that really opened my world up to everything else that I love today, including Haunted Garage, and then getting into all of Dookie's film career through that, and then through that, finding David Dakota and Brink Stevens and all, you know, just like a whole world of, of film. Um, but other than that, probably The Misfits. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and which is another haunted garage related story because I was so young when I discovered haunted garage, and I was like a bootleg tape trader, you know. Uh, I used to like trade bootleg tapes with like carrot top from the chicken heads and stuff like that. But when I was a little kid, so we would send each other green jello and haunted garage bootlegs and guar stuff or whatever. Um, and one of the haunted garage tapes I had, which I believe is on YouTube, they do a whole Misfits um, encore. It was like five songs, and I, I'd never heard these songs before, so I was just like, what are these incredible punk rock yeah. songs about monsters? Like, they must be old Haunted Garage songs, and if they are, why does the audience know all the words to them? You know, this was built in, like, 1992, and, you know, before the Misfits revival, and probably not too many people besides Metallica were, like, covering the Misfits. It wasn't, like, that big of a thing yet. Um, so, when I discovered the misfits and i was like these are those songs that i know because of haunted garage the next day i had the box set and like it just changed my life and that's honestly amazing that is the most backwards way of describing i know the misfits i've ever heard like i know everyone like finds the misfits before any of right, them right right Took you haunted garage, which is yeah. But I was still incredible. i was still like in middle school at the time, so I was still right. very young. I was like. Well, I know older than 12 or 13 when oh, I discovered okay. the Misfits. So it's like, in what context would I have discovered the Misfits? You know, they weren't like on the radio or on MTV or anything. I, I guess especially in that, during that time, too. Yeah, it was, it was before Michael Graves' era of Misfits and everything. You know, just barely. Or maybe it was around that time, but I wasn't aware of it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was probably like 1995, yeah. 96. Yeah. I know he was going to try and ask you questions about Danzig. I was like, don't do that. <laughs> well, no, it, it may still come up. I mean, you could. I've never met Danzig. I've met Jerry, and I've opened for Doyle and, and Michael Graves, but I don't know. He's actually a pretty nice guy. Is that true? Who, Jerry? Jerry only. Yeah. Uh, when I hung out with him, I was at a bar with my friend, and he was like, hey, I'm hanging out with Jerry. You should come by, because we were all going to go see Flag down the street 
you know, flag the black flag guys. Uh, was that with Keith playing? With with Keith and Bill Stevenson and like the guys from the Descendants and and yeah and Dez who was also in the Misfits, yeah he was there full shoulder pads just like signing posters and just we were just sitting around drinking beer and he noticed when my cup was uh you know didn't have as much beer in it anymore he would just start pouring me beer from his own cup so yeah Jerry's Jerry's super nice. not getting into his songwriting skills, yeah. <laughs> but, but as a person, every time I've interacted with him, which is not much, but he was, yeah, he's a stand-up guy, for sure. Awesome, yeah. No, 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 the dancing question basically come up in the quick fire round. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay, yeah, I had I had a chance to, I had an invitation to interview Danzig for my old web TV show, uh, Twilight Vision, um, but I did not follow up on it because I remember listening to the album it was associated with and not having anything good to say about it. Oh yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go in there talking about something that I clearly don't give a shit about. <laughs> I think I, I still went to the show, but. Well, I mean, they could have asked you to interview him about Veronica. <laughs> yeah, that was years later, and I would actually be maybe more interested in talking about that with him. And asking him if he needs an editor, which he clearly did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I told my friend Jeff, who he has a show on YouTube, a channel called Premise. He talks about the Misfits a lot. You should de- definitely check it out if you haven't. Um, he quotes me all the time because I described that movie as a collection of music videos without an editor. <laughs> and that's really what it is. Oh, th- he uses some of the same techniques he used where he would, like, with the music videos he would shoot. He uses, like, some yeah. of the same imagery and stuff like that. It was great. It was great visually. It's just like, how long are we going to watch this blood pour on this this woman? Like, you yeah. need to. Where's the director? Yell cut, dude. Oh. <laughs> I, ha- I haven't seen his newest one, but, you know, I will when it's available. Oh, yeah, the yeah, vampire one. I, I, I expect it to be a little bit better. Death Rider in the house. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least this time, he probably had some actors who were legit being like, Dude, no. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like Danny Trejo being like, that's not how you do it, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. And uh, I think the best description I've seen of it was somebody on IMDb said, this movie is a good example of when Dan zigged when he should have Dan zagged. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll still watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, My low bar for it is that it's going to be better than Veronica. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, if you very low bar. that, there's progress. So. Yeah, exactly. And I love the Danzig albums, but... <laughs> sure, especially the early ones. Oh, yeah, Lisa Fusion ever. Danzig 4 is probably my favorite. And the last time he ever wrote a punk rock song. Oh. Yeah, this is a speed question. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is another personal question I had just by sure. looking at your Von Esper video. Um I, I am also a guitar player, and I love gear collecting. And I noticed you had an Ignator tweaker. Ed, do you still have that? I do. Is it any good? Uh, wait, what video did you see this in? Which? It was for the single, the, the music video at the end. had the little uh, documentary about the start of Bonham. Sorry, you're cutting out a little bit. Um Oh, it's, it's, it's for the music video of the single. Or the, it's just a minute video, whenever it's like a minute and a half song, but like the rest of it is just... Of me? Of my song? Do you remember what song it was? No. Uh, no. 
I, I don't, I'm not a gearhead. I couldn't even tell you what I have. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know I have a Steinberger bass that I know how to play very well, but um, I didn't know I had that. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I could talk more about it if you point it out to me, but I, I'm not sure which video you're talking about. Well, do. It was, a, it was a Kevin Von Esper one. Oh, for the vampires. Oh, okay. If we were playing on stage, it was probably a club's backline. Okay. Yeah, because in New York, like you don't bring your own shit around. That's oh, fair. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has. I mean, if you're big enough and you can drive, but most people don't even have cars here. So bringing amps and 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 drum sets. You now most clubs, most small clubs have a backline and they keep it pretty simple. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, they're good on them. That must have been probably Arlene's Grocery in New York, my favorite venue in New York City. Small venue. Uh, what area of New York do you usually play shows and stuff? Well, I haven't played a show in probably about five years, but... Um, oh, okay. I mean, Manhattan or Brooklyn is usually where it happens. Okay, because I think that's the only place in New York I've ever gotten to play was in Brooklyn. So. Oh, yeah? Where did you play? God, what was the name of that place? A uh, really small bar in Brooklyn, and it had, uh, uh, I, I guess they were dancers who were also bartenders, and they have a giant pentagram on the back of the stage. Uh, St. Vitus? No, not St. Vitus. It's not that big. Lucky 13? Lucky 13. That's yeah, yeah, right. I know the place. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a cool the place. Only place I played there. I enjoyed okay. it. Okay. Yeah, uh, what band are you in, or were you in? Uh, I was uh, I've been taking kind of a, a break lately, but uh, I've been playing in uh, Vitreous and Grave Gnosis. Send it, yeah, send it to me. I'll check it out. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Lucky Thirteen's cool. I've never played there, but I filmed some bands there, and it's a cool place. Uh, what else? Yeah. I know a lot of the dancers that dance on the bar. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. So I see it in my Instagram stories like daily, even though I live in the suburbs now, so I'm not as close. I can drive into the city, I'm close enough, but I don't just like hang out there on the daily. <laughs> gotcha. So in your uh I I would like to think is there something else you kind of have cooking up after the Dookie documentary? Are you going to start focusing on doing more documentary type films or Sure. Well, um, during the pandemic, my, the flip side project is me working on new music uh, that I'm releasing under my name, Kevin Von Esper. I'm going solo, guys. Um, <laughs> just out of convenience, not meaning anything else is, um, has ceased to be. Um, so I'm working. I actually have enough material for three short albums that I'm working on at the same time. The oh, first awesome. one, the first one is like 99% done. I just need to basically get it paid to get it mastered and right now my full focus is on the documentary so i flip-flop i like when i hit a wall on one project i turn to the other one but hopefully the, that'll be out at least by the summer or by the end of the summer and then with two other albums coming um quickly after uh that has some guest stars um music- musicians that i love to work with um, Brian Biglione from the Dresden Dolls is oh, wow. the most notable one. He's a friend of mine. Um, he used to live in New York, but now he lives in L.A. So he actually did it remotely. He played on a couple tracks. Um, yeah, it's totally unrelated, but I would love that documentary filmmaking is the next step in my co- co- you know professional career path. There was another band that I started. Well, we didn't start anything yet, but... 
we were talking about starting something before the lead singer died during, not of COVID, but during COVID period, like last year or this. That's awful. Yeah, so hopefully that would be the next project after this, but I don't want to say too much about it, just in yeah, case. But we, it was something we were going to do anyway, so it's like now it's like, well, now we have to do it. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean, that's it, it's very interesting how, you know, something like the pandemic can influence something like that. And I think it's incredible. And I really love the trailer to your documentary. Thank you. Because uh, when I when I was watching it, um, I remember the first thing I thought is, oh, God, why did he ask us? This is way better than us. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel, guys. <laughs> this, well, that, sure that, that is the haunted garage way to, to do it, you know. <laughs> but uh, we're, we were honestly very honored that you asked because we, we were just, like, blown away by the quality of the trailer and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. And also, uh, uh, let's tag first. Uh, put it up. Oh, but you do have... Yes, Indy Gorgor. Indy Gorgor. <laughs> Campaign, emphasis on the pain. Where can all the people find it? Yeah, it's the life and slimes of Dookie Flyswatter and Haunted Garage. I got a sticker sponsorship. We got stickers now you can That's get through. That's awesome. It. Um, DookieDoc.com is the best way to find it. And I got to spell that out, D-U-K-E-Y-D-O-C, because... Otherwise, people are going to uh, spell it like that Green Day album, and that's a whole different thing. <laughs> uh, so D-U-K-E-Y-D-O-C.com or at Dookie Doc on Instagram is where I'm most active. Um, you can find the Indiegogo campaign there. Yes, I definitely have to plug that because that's what we're really here to talk about, right? Right. Uh, give me all your money to help me finish this documentary, and if you can't, spare a few bucks. Uh Five dollars for a sticker now, and well, maybe I'll throw in a couple stickers for that. But that's the cheapest one. And if you can't do that, you know, just share it to 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 your friends or someone who might be interested, because that is just a way to support me for free. Just watch the trailer, like see what you think of it. Um, it's for the people who don't know, so find out about it <laughs> yes yes for everybody doesn't know it takes money to get a film put out there yes and i'm trying to you know i i everything i've done so far has just been out of pocket so i've i kind of hit a wall on my finances for for this film at the moment um sure and, and we got some cool perks if you're a haunted garage fan we have uncovered many many old demos that have never been publicly available including the music from Nightmare Sisters, which was never released other than in the film itself. We have that and some other uh, songs that he wrote that were not used in movies, such as Stirp Nazis Must Die and Star Slammer, a.k.a. Prison Ship, a.k.a. The Adventures of Tara. I don't know why this film has so many fucking names. <laughs> but they wrote songs for these movies that were never used, and uh, I've uncovered them. They had um, submitted... Some songs to be in Hellraiser 3 at the end of their original run, which were not, again, not chosen. Um, they instead went with Motorhead doing Hellraiser, of course. But those are available for the first time ever. The band didn't even remember doing these. I found them through somebody else who wasn't even in the band. So lots of gems that, like, you, you know, are available for the first time. Prints, um, credits, uh, the most popular one is uh, just a thank you in the credits. I now have a sponsorship uh, tier, which 
You can get your logo in, uh, as a sponsor in the credits. Um, good for you podcasters and brand yeah. ambassadors. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, there's lots of good stuff in there. And, again, if you can't, just share it. Like, just help help, yeah. help a dude out. And if you don't mind, do you, uh, would it be all right to put the link to that in our Instagram and such? Oh, yes, please do. Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. I just wanted to get your permission before we of did course. it. Of course. Share, share it to everybody. Tell everyone about this. I mean, I love how everything is put together on the whole page and everything. With all, and also, for everybody's curious, there's more information about the documentary, more about your past, more about you know, everything that went into making it. And like you said, all the different tiers that you can donate to all awesome like all thank you i try there's not a lot of physical product which i know a lot of people fans of this kind of thing or love their physical media but that's just because that stuff costs money and i'm not trying to spend money to make money you know i'm trying to i'm trying to make something out of nothing here so bear with me on the physical products let's finish the documentary then we'll talk about that stuff get some fucking stickers though (laughs) yeah i got stickers though so get some stickers Five bucks. That's that's nothing. Yeah, just less than a cup of coffee. Get a sticker. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Starbucks will rip you up. (laughs) Don't even get me started. I have a hearing against Starbucks on Monday, and I probably shouldn't be talking about that publicly. (laughs) Oh uh, yeah, probably shouldn't. (laughs) It's okay. I would love to know more, but I shouldn't ask. (laughs) It's it's more involved with unemployment than anything else. But oh, I got you. I I have a. We're gonna, we're not, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. That's all we need to see. <laughs> Go to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, well, uh, we'll end this off. If you're good with it, we have a bunch of random shock questions. Yeah, let's do it. I don't remember the name, but I'm on time. You time it. I found them almost dead. Okay. <laughs> Let me put off the timer. These are random things. If uh, you have an answer, say pass. Uh, all right. Uh, Alright, ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Alright, in five, four, three, two, one, go. Alright, what's the spiciest thing you have ever Oh, I don't know. I bought some hot sauce from uh from a convention last couple weekends ago. That was pretty spicy. But probably not the spiciest thing, but the first thing that comes to mind of recent memory. Okay. Alright. Uh favorite horror character. Oh, well, jeez. Um, of the big ones, I guess Freddy Krueger is pretty cool. All right, Nick Cage or John Travolta? Well, I, I take that back. Phantom of the Opera is my favorite horror character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I have a whole fascination with Phantom of the Opera, and look forward to that YouTube show coming sooner than later. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, we pause the time real quick because I meant to say something about that earlier. That you have an Instagram page; it's all just Phantom of the Opera stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you if you turned this around, you would see my Phantom Cave, my lair. I'm oh, just. Yeah. I have like. Probably at least 50 movies based on Phantom of the Opera, toys and books and just all sorts of crazy stuff. I don't know why I'm so fascinated with that, but that's like one of my other fascinations. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll also uh, tag that on the Instagram. Uh, um, a fun thing I did for every single interview, uh, well, most of them, I actually did a warm-up question asking everybody what their favorite Phantom of the Opera was. So that'll be like a special feature or something. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, but but the page is mainly just about the Lon Chaney Senior. It's about all phantoms. It's just it just so happens that Lon Chaney is probably the most uh, reproduced in popular media and, and figurines and stuff like that. So you'll see that a lot more. That's found a phantom uh, at found a phantom, I believe. 
It used to be the phantom. It used to be phantom phenomenon, but I changed it. Yeah, we're definitely gonna tag all. There's a there's a a pilot episode I made for that called Phantom Phenomenon, spelled F A N T O M E phenomenon with a P on YouTube. If you want to check it out, it's from a couple years ago. I interviewed um. Oh, awesome. Argyle Goolsby from Blitzkid. You know that band. Yeah. Like a horror punk band. Yeah. 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 Check it out. Phantom, that's that's going to be a whole... That's going to be next year's podcast. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll continue on. Yep. All right. Do you ever want to review a Phantom movie on your show? I'm your dude. <laughs> we'll, hey, we'll call you up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we should do that. Uh, Nick Tates or John Travolta? Oh... I guess Nick Cage because I just watched that Willy's Wonderland and um, the animatronic creatures were made by the guy who wrote Nightmare Sisters. No shit. That's right. Uh, did the Academy Awards suck? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch them. I don't pay attention to them. This would be obvious, but Chicago New York style pizza. I guess I have to do New York just to represent, but you know I don't really prejudice against pizzas. Pizzas are great, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, favorite non-horror film? Oh, um, Mystery Date. I guess it's sort of a horror. Have you ever seen Mystery Date? I have not heard of that one. All right, well you're gonna love this because it's a it's an early '90s Terry Polo, e- Ethan Hawke. Um, I guess you would call it a dark comedy. Um, B.D. Wong is in it as well, and Guar pops up in the middle. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Before <Yeah>. Empire Records. <laughs> okay. Check yeah, out. Yeah. Mystery M- date. yeah, Mystery Date. I love Mystery Date. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, and PCU. Uh, is, is The Office overrated? The Office, the TV show? I never finished it. It's okay, but it reminds me of like being at work too much. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I got to watch the original... Um, you know, British series, and then I can really answer your question. Okay, uh, Laurie Strode or Ellen Ripley? Uh, uh, Ripley, I guess, because she's just, like... Badass, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lagosa, Lee, or Oldman? Who's the best Dracula? Uh, pass. I don't know much, as much about Dracula as I do Phantom of the Opera. To ask me about Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright. Favorite fan of that? Um, well... You know what? I'm going to go with uh, Robert England on this one for now. Okay. All right. I would actually say Claude Rains. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll, we'll have that argument on the next podcast. There we go. Uh, killers or ghosts? Which one is more interesting to learn about? Uh, ghosts are probably more interested if you're talking about real life um, encounters, I guess. Uh, favorite video game series? Oh, well... I'm, I wish I had my prop here. I, I'm going to have to say Maximum Carnage because of the Green Jelly soundtrack. Hell yeah. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that's right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rolling Stones or Beatles? The Beatles. Uh, favorite Metallica song? Oh, boy. I don't know. Um Pass. Uh, Master of Puppets as a whole, I don't know. Okay. Uh, does Dan- <laughs> but with face. Uh, sometimes he does. I, I did I did almost walk out of a Sam Hain show because he was berating his staff. So, oh, yeah. like, he has his moments. But then I did come go see the Misfits at MSG, so he redeemed himself. And then the last question, we got time. Uh, theater yeah. or driving? 
Um, I mean, I guess I would say drive-in, even though I've never been to one myself, but it seems like if you had to choose one and that was an option, that's probably where you're going to get the more interesting movie. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And and in fact, I believe it was, I believe it's tonight or yesterday, um, somewhere in California, I think in Long Beach, they did a uh, screening of um, Sorority House Massacre, I believe it is, with Brink Stevens, and she's there, yeah. paired with Blood Diner, written by Dookie Flyswatter. He wrote Blood Diner? He wrote Blood Diner. I love that movie. <laughs> no, I didn't know that was him. Blood Diner, written by Dookie Flyswatter. Oh, you have the VHS, man. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Like I said, that's the, the only way... That you could find this stuff back in the 90s. It was yeah. only on VHS. I didn't collect this in recent years. This is 20 years old. Yeah, yeah we got Carl Crew. Um, Carl Crew, one of the stars of this, is in the documentary. And, of course, Dookie Flatswater. Brain, brain in a jar. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you. We'd love to have you on again to a Bath the Opera show. Let's do it. So. Yeah, we'll plan on it. I'll let you know when I start that show. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So then I can promote it. Whatever version of Phantom you want to do, you want to do the Robert England one, we'll do it. Whatever. I'll do any one that you want. Yeah, like yeah. Pick, pick the craziest one. Phantom of the Paradise, whatever Ooh, one you want. Yeah, you know, there's so many. Here, here's my controversial opinion. Me and you talked about this recently. Phantom of Paradise? I'm a Houston Palm fan, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Phantom of Paradise. Better the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I said it. <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah, it is. I agree. And I believe it predated it as a movie as well. Uh, yep, I think it was like five, two years before. Yeah, or something. Something, yeah. It, was right. it, it may have existed as a stage show, Rocky Horror. I'm not sure the exact timeline. I'm not. I'm no kind of Rocky Horror. I yeah. saw it. I saw it once, and it was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, right. Yeah. But Phantom of the Paradise, I actually saw that in the theater once. Yeah, really, all that was been awesome. Yeah, they were doing a De Palma like retrospective, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'd love to do that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Really appreciate it. And uh, so, yeah, go to dookiedoc.com. Yes. Check it out. Right. Support the sh- support the documentary. The life and slimes of Dookie Flyswatter and Haunted Garage. Yes. Check yes. it out. It looks incredible. And we will put a link on our Instagram. And we are going to now be making our YouTube page and promoting that. And we'll throw this up on there. And, uh, yeah. So it's been a pleasure talking to you. And I hope we can do this again soon. Yeah, let's do it again. Thank you, Blaze. Thank you, Rocky. Yeah. Planet Apples podcast. Rob Zombie, call me. (laughs) Rob Zombie. Come on. Come on the show, Rob Zombie. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again. And I hope you have a great rest of your night, man. You too. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Right. All right. What's the video game we got today? Today we got a game called Summer of 58. All right. Uh, and strangely enough, when I started playing this game, I did not realize that it was related to a game I did in an earlier episode. Okay. It's called Locked Up. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And it is by the same developer and publisher, Amika Games, uh, E-M-I-K-A. Um, this is about a person. So 
the the interesting part is is the the intro video is him talking about how he's kind of like a paranormal investigator and he's like oh well you know they reported this person dying in this house so i'm going to investigate it in the front the beginning of the video and it's that character walking around the house from locked up mm. and i'm like oh shit like i know what this is like what is going on here so this was uh, locked up was kind of like the not like a prototype because it was its own game and story, but it was like what they were working towards. Okay. So summer of '58, uh, it takes place in an abandoned uh, building of a Soviet children's camp. So back in the '50s. Sounds they, fun. Yeah. This is very exciting. Uh, well, uh, you go in and. Uh, the way they they do the scares is, is very different because it's not so much things that you see as much as it is things that you hear. Right. So you'll go into a room and it's broad daylight when you start the game and you're in this abandoned, like shacked out, like old, what was supposed to be like a summer camp for kids in the 50s in Russia. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why that's going on. Um, but... Um, as you walk around, you'll see like this decrepit old building that you're just, and you, the only sense of light you have is either a candle or if you have batteries for your night vision camera, which would go out really quickly. So you'll be walking. Oh, those into night a, vision cameras. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll be walking into a room and just simple little like paranormal things will happen. Like it'll be like, oh, a can just tumbled off the shelf. That's weird. And then it like just keeps gradually increasing to where you'll, you know, walk into a room and you'll immediately hear like somebody running behind you. Right. And you'll turn around, nothing's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the further you go into it, the more you learn about some secret tragedy that has happened in this place. And graphics-wise, it is really fucking good. Like I mean, it is. It's. It's. I. I would put this up there with like A tier games graphic-wise. It looks incredible. Um, they leave these little hints around of different things that the children did at the summer camp. And it is just, it is just a whole game of fucking creepiness. Jer- jerking off in their little bunks. Jerking off in their little <laughs> yeah, Just like every note is like sticky. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I was whacking off to you. You're like, God, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, now it's ectoplasm. <laughs> but, um, no, it's a super fun game. Um, it is... I'm going to give this a page scale, and it's three out of five needing pages. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no, not quite like page needs to be like sitting next to me, holding me, but like uh, at least in the kitchen. At least in the next room. <laughs> so when I scream, she can be like, shut up. And I'll be like, oh, right, reality. <laughs> <laughs> Those <yeah>. Soviet camps. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, it it's a really interesting game, and I really love how it tied into that original. And I didn't even know it did. Yeah. I just saw it on sale, and I've heard great things about it. And I was like, well, I want to check it out. Uh-huh. And to find out that it's linked to a game that I previously played, and it also scared the shit out of me. I was like, well, fuck, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. perfect. So definitely check it out. Uh, I believe it came out either late last year or early this year. Cool. Um, it, it is a really good play. It's very fluid gameplay. And it's only like five bucks on sale for the week. And then mm. I think it goes back to 14. All right. Yeah. So cool. Definitely a great, 
great game to play. Check it out. Check it out. All right. Well, I guess that's the episode. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was got another video game. We got like five more. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> you sure? Pretty sure. Did okay. I talk about the fish game? <laughs> you did. Yeah, I did talk you about sure it. sure did. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, yeah. Another, another episode, episode 30, Dirty 30. Uh, if you want to reach us and ask a question or have a request or a comment, concern, you can reach us at bladedapplespod at gmail.com. You can also reach us on the Instagram or the Facebook, Blade of Apples Podcast, on either of those. Um, thanks to Kevin Von Esper uh, yeah, for coming absolutely. on. Uh, great guest. Uh, gave a lot of cool information. Um, go go to dookiedoc.com. If you have it in you, then, uh, or if you're able to afford it, give them a couple bucks. Um, it's, it's hard to to get a movie out there, even if it's independent now, especially to a wide audience. You gotta go through lawyers, you gotta go through Absolutely, licensing, yeah. you gotta go through different things. Um, he's funded as much as he can by himself. Um, it'll help even buying a sticker from him. Uh, everything helps, and that's the life and slimes of Dookie Fly Swatter and the Haunted Garage. Uh, check out Dookie Doc, D U K E Y D O C dot com. Um, you can also follow me on the Instagram page. We're going to be posting this stuff on our Instagram and also tagging yep. tagging his different things on there so you can just find it on the posts along with his fan, the Opera um, fan page as well, uh, which is really cool. Uh, he's got all kinds of stuff on there as well, as well as Von Esper, Von Esper Studios, and the Dookie Doc uh, Instagram pages. Um, next week, uh, we're going to have a episode sooner than later because i'll be going out of town again next weekend so our next episode will be around the mid to late week um we're gonna be talking about bones Bones. starring snoop dogg that'll be the next episode uh (laughs) the next episode just just like just like the song yeah uh and so that'll be the next one uh, thanks to Stefan Mize for doing the art. Check him out on Instagram as well. Stefan Mize, we're crawling panther tattoo. That's the tattoo Parley tattoos out of in O'Kell, Florida. Uh, great guy, loves horror, awesome artist, quick, efficient, great guy. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, thanks to Blaze for editing and uh, not vomiting on my lap from uh, <laughs> stressing out so much over recording uh, an interview uh, and all that. He did a great job, guys. So, uh, well, we'll see. All the After stuff, all the stuff is all on his shoulders. So if it, if it sucks, it's on him. Uh, <laughs> not me at all. Uh, I'm just here for the ride. Um, uh, so send hate mail to Blade. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be good. He did a great job. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for listening. All right. Anything to add? See you later, fuckers. That's right. And fuck Hans Zimmer. Fuck Hans Zimmer. Fight us. We didn't have one Hans Zimmer Dave Grohl reference. It's been it's been a pretty straight episode. We haven't made a lot of jokes, so we, we have to now. Yeah. Right? Right. And remember, every day is Halloween. So please act accordingly. And send us ghost equipment. <laughs> See ya. Bye.